Suncast is brought to you by SunGrow, providing clean power for all. Suncast is also brought to you by Trina Solar. Hey there, Solar Warriors. I'm Nico Johnson, and this is Suncast. Each week, I pull back the veil on the life and business insights of clean tech entrepreneurs building the most noble and impactful companies of our time. I hope what you learn from this conversation is a catalyst for your own growth. So thanks for tuning in and welcome to our tribe. Hey, welcome to a new week, Solar Warrior. Here we go. This is Two for Tuesday. Whether that's a tactical Tuesday or just content from one of our many live events like SPI Podcast Lounge, this is going to be a short form conversation typically with subject matter experts designed to give you the practical tools, tips and advice for building your solar business or career and grow with us here on Suncast as I know you will. I'm so glad that you've decided to join us again and level up your game. Remember, you can always find the resources and learn more about today's guests and recommendations in the blog at mysuncast.com. So get ready to tune up your skills, Solar Warrior. Here we go with another powerful conversation on Suncast. All right, welcome back to the Podcast Lounge here live at Solar Power International 2019. Podcast Lounge is brought to you by Radiant Reed, produced by Suncast Media in partnership with Solar Energy Trade Shows, SIA and SIPA. We're so glad that you've taken time out of your busy day to come and lounge on our Ottomans and listen a little bit to the advice that we have to give, digging into some of the industry's brightest thought leaders, leading investors, uh, hard-charging CEOs. And today we get a chance to spend a little more time on the topic of fundraising and startup investing. It's a topic that doesn't get nearly enough, uh, enough coverage, frankly. And to talk about that is my good friend, Josh Beck from BCI Technology Investments. He's the Managing Director and Chief Investment Officer. Josh, welcome to the show. Well, Nico the Juice Johnson, thank you for being here. <laughs> uh, thanks for having me here. Here we go. So Josh, you and I have had a lot of conversations around the how and why startups fail to raise capital. Yeah. Right? It's an, under, it's an ugly... Uh, reality in this business. You, and you guys know a thing or three about raising, uh, raising money and about investing in, uh, in companies. There are a few small companies you may recognize that have received investments, uh, either lead or co-investing by BCI Technology Investments. Namely, uh, the smallest one probably, Next Tracker. Tiny, if, tiny startup. If you raise your hand, have you heard of Next Tracker? So BCI led the round that basically brought Next Tracker out of the shadows and into the limelight. Another company, Solar Pile, Avalon Battery. Heard of Avalon Battery? Yep. Solaria. So you guys, as a contract manufacturer, have uh, your hands in the inner workings of the business, right? And you get to you get to enable a lot of technology and a lot of really smart people into uh, a, f- a funded and a leveraged position in the business. What, um, what at a high level for you has that filter allowed you to really glean from the scale process, the startup process that is happening right now and where that, how that's evolving in the solar industry? 
Yeah, BCI Technology Investments really has a fundamental competitive advantage. We're, uh, we're, we're supported by some incredible entrepreneurs and incredibly experienced manufacturing executives at BCI Engineering. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Carroll and Tim Brantingham, those guys just have uh, worked in international manufacturing on the contract manufacturing side, supply chain management, quality assurance, uh, logistics for, for their entire careers. And those guys just know how to scale. They know how to execute. And, uh, you know, I think it gives us a competitive advantage because we really look at things strategically and holistically. Mm. It's not about, uh, you know, we often say, hey, man, it's about the, it's about the team first, technology second, uh, because we know that we can help on the execution side. So now it's just about finding really passionate, really qualified uh, entrepreneurs who are ready to kick in doors and just, you know, push new technology to the market. Yeah, and if you guys will stick around all the way to the end, as uh, you may have read in the, <clears throat> in the pr- proposal or the pitch for this session, we're going to go into the top 10 checklist for every startup team who is raising capital. And, uh, and before we do that, you know, you guys are a $100 million fund uh, looking at renewable energy technology. You, help me understand, I mean, you guys, you have come into the renewable energy industry uh, in in a time where we're seeing rapid growth and also uh, a lot of folks coming in. How many deals typically get floated by you guys in a typical month to evaluate? Yeah, great question, Nico. So we are, we've got a very stringent due diligence process. This is really born out of uh, National Venture Capital Association best practices. Uh, I come from a little bit of a family office background, so uh, really kind of honed in on some of the big family offices nationally and the way that they look at the due diligence process. We've got a 175-point checklist that we walk through. Our process generally takes about two and a half, three months to walk through. 175 points. That's right. We're looking at a variety of data points. I think the one thing that separates us apart is we look at a lot of qualitative factors. You know, a lot of people can put things through a through a quant engine or a data metrics machine and say, well, quantitatively, this is, this is uh, good or bad. But uh, what we found again and again is that we have got a much higher hit rate whenever we look at, at the quantitative or the qualitative aspects first. Uh, is this... Is this a passionate CEO? Is this someone who's got understands their market share, understands the fundamental problems within their market space, and can really drive to it? How do you ma- how do you match passion with pro- with the prospect of a good business? I mean, yeah. how do you actually filter for? or decide if they have a passion as a CEO. Yeah, we, we really look for people. It's, it's, it's all where they're coming from, their market space, mm-hmm. right? These guys know their market. You know, they go a mile deep in a specific problem statement within an industry that they know well. So these are experienced entrepreneurs who say, man, we work in such a fascinating, dynamic industry. Why isn't this one aspect better? Yeah. I'm going to focus relentlessly on resolving that one specific issue. So it's dogged determination, combined with just just a uh, pure focus you know yeah. fantastic oh one thing i did want to mention because a lot would be a lot of folks would be tempted to say oh they invested in 20 companies 100 million dollars and next tracker was in that group yeah the average yeah. investment was probably 20,000 you know for everybody else yeah. what was the average investment across those 20 companies yeah we do three to five million dollars per company yeah so pretty um, well spread out yeah pretty well spread out the way that i like to look at it is uh we'll come on with initial funding we'll set uh measurable goals and objectives for the ceo team and uh and we'll commit to pro rata follow-on funding um throughout the progression uh as a ceo is is kind of uh, running the ladder. But, you know, a lot of our initial funding goes towards really establishing the very first professionalized sales and marketing teams. Right. These guys have great ideas. They're looking for strategic partners on the contract manufacturing side mm-hmm. who really can just uh, scale their products quickly. So a lot of our initial funding really goes to 
people who can really push it out to the market quickly. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about the strategic objectives from a venture capital perspective, right? Uh, we've, we've talked about it before. These are sort of the cardinal rules for every startup team. It, do you have uh, in your own mind sort of a walkthrough, a checklist that you go through when you're evaluating these companies from a strategic readiness? Yes, absolutely. So the very first thing on the list is establish a North Star. Mm. You know, you've got to have, you, you know, it's, it's that kind of Stephen Covey, you know, here, a, a local Salt Lake guy. So we'll give uh-huh. him a kind of a shout out. But, you know, that Stephen Covey, you know, begin with the end in mind. So mm-hmm. establish that North Star uh, and, and structure all of your goals and objectives strategically around that and make sure that your team understands what that North Star is. Uh, that way you don't have to spend your time micromanaging the people around you. It's critical. You can't get into the weeds whenever you're leading a new startup organization. You're already wearing 20 hats. You've got to establish a North Star. You've got to communicate it to your team. And you've got to keep people focused on, on looking at the forest through the trees. How often do you come up with startup companies who are pitching to you and, um, and they've just got it all figured out, Right. Yeah, yeah. Is, the, is that inspiring for you in terms of what uh, their their desire to pull to attract your capital? They 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 don't need anything else. They just need your money. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really not interesting to us. You know, we're looking for strategic fits, mm-hmm. right? We're looking for people who are coachable. We're mm-hmm. looking for CEOs who are passionate. Certainly, it's essential that they're passionate, uh, that they're confident in what they're doing. But man, people got to be coachable, right? Um, Mm-hmm. Market conditions change daily, you know, whether it's the stock market, whether it's on the policy side, state, local, federal, international. You know, I think that this trade war with China has really kind of flushed that out. You yeah. can have the best technology, the best business model in the world. Suddenly, man, you know, policy can implode what you're doing. You've got to master that pivot. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of pivot, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, of turns and crossroads in the path to bring technology in particular in the solar industry to market. Right. Um, what are some notable pivots that you've seen just from the folks that you guys have invested in? Oh, absolutely. I think that, uh, you know, I think that Avalon Battery is in an interesting pivot right now. They're looking at, uh, the, you know, they were starting to focus on uh, 10 kilowatt, 30 kilowatt hour solutions on the energy storage side. Now they're looking for a little, a lot of the bigger, the bigger stuff, mm-hmm. running for bigger projects. So I think that you've got to listen to the people around you. You've got to listen to the market conditions, right? Uh, anytime you become too entrenched to say, no, 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 this is my technology. This is my swim lane. It's important to establish that, but man, you got to, that's why it's critical to establish uh, great strategic advisors around you yeah. who can say, hey, listen, we, we understand your focus, but now mm-hmm. it's time to broaden the line of sight because we're seeing this as a market condition. Yeah. One of the things that I think people often get <clears throat> wrong when they're thinking about how to grow their company and within, within the context of how and when do you go out for capital, yeah. and yeah. There's, there's, there's this bifurcation, companies that are really technology focused and maybe they've got a few really, really smart people, not particularly right. sales focused, and they have an advisor or two that will help them put together a PowerPoint deck and they hit the streets because they're going to use all that capital mm. to hire a team, yeah. right? Then right. there's the other side of coin, which is more of a Jim Collins, get the right people on the bus. Where do you guys fall in, and from a timing perspective as well, in terms of when you're going out to try to attract capital, yeah. the idea that I'm going to go and pull down two million to hire this team versus I'm going to hire this team and attract the two million. Yeah. Fill the bus. 
fill the bus. It's all about the team. So, I mean, the very first thing that we look for, we've got a five-phase due diligence process, Mm -hmm. and no one gets to phase two unless we're comfortable with the team. We run people through, uh, you know, predictive index testing. I'm looking for a very specific personality set. Does this Um, look like taking personality tests, you mean? Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. We put our guys through, and it's not a stringent one. It's a, you know, it's a 12-minute test, essentially. But uh, it's pretty remarkable how we can uh, figure out quite a bit by just kind of watching how the the personalities fall on the spectrum. Mm. And, uh, and, you know, there's no right or wrong team, right? Uh, There's no one specific CEO that we're looking for. Generally, we do look for a sales-oriented type of CEO personality type. Mm. But it's all about counterbalance, right? We're looking for a four-person team, a three, four, five-person team who is counterbalancing and they're watching each other's weak spots. Mm. Look, right, we've all got weak spots, right? And my wife tells me that all the time, right? I got a ton of them. (laughs) Uh, But... uh, but as long as you're counterbalancing with people around you and you're creating that supportive ecosystem to say, hey, man, this isn't, you know, know thyself, right? Yeah. Um, you know, as, as long as you're saying to yourself, I'm just not good at this, right? Yeah. I'm good at that. Well, then great. Identify that in yourself and, and surround the people with you that you can fill those mind spots. So you do a lot of this predictive uh, quantitative analysis. One of the things that I find that startups do the worst thing at is actually building their network. Yes. Right? You find... You'll talk to a CEO and he says, oh, we're going out. We're raising our seed round. And you check his LinkedIn and he's got 15 followers. Right? Right. How do you guys size up and, and, and analyze whether or not the team is capable of attracting the type of talent they need, apart from the founding team? Yeah. Like, are they capable of attracting the type of talent? Talk to me a little bit about how you assess network. Because your network is your yeah. net worth. If you never heard that, your network Absolutely. Greatest asset. Number one greatest asset. Yeah. It's, better, it's bigger than your technology. It's bigger than any IP package you could possibly have. Uh, it's, it's bigger than any company that you worked for. It's, it's, uh, it's your network. You know, I think that we do a variety of things. We look, you know, we look at LinkedIn profiles and Twitter and those type of things, and that'll give you a certain amount of information. It'll let you know uh, tangentially who that person is associated with. But as we all know, you know, you can shoot a thousand LinkedIn message invites out to people a day, mm. right? So that's not necessarily correlated to what that person's true network is. Uh, we, we sit down with our entrepreneurs uh, right from day one and we say, all right, well, walk me through your industry experience. Who yeah. do you know there? You know, we, we're not looking for people to name drop, but we're looking for people who have an astute understanding mm-hmm. um, all the way from the grassroots install level, um, all the way through the C-level suite. People who say, yeah, I've worked with these guys. I talked to these guys. You know, I asked these guys for advice. I like to see uh, in, uh, entrepreneurs who are giving away information for free. Mm. And this is one of the things that's really kind of counterintuitive for a lot of entrepreneurs. And take note of this, guys, uh, that are listening today, is that, you know, become a, establish yourself as a thought leader. Right. I'm looking for thought leaders within their industry. And it's really counterintuitive because you say, hey, my time is money, right? But if you are giving away free information about your strategy and establishing yourself as a thought leader, that's going to pay exponentially higher returns than trying to charge someone $150 an hour consulting fee yep. uh, to, to squeak a little bit of cash out of them on the front side. So it's long-term versus short-term games. So I'm looking for people who are in the long game. Yeah, I'm hearing a little Gary Vaynerchuk coming through there. It's brand <laughs> is everything, right? That's right. And, brand uh, is everything. You, if, you're, if you're value forward yes. and giving... It comes back to you, and that yeah. might sound a little bit woo and karmic, but it's so true. Yeah. It also sets a tone in the marketplace that you're not afraid of your competitors, right? That's right. Information can come from anywhere. It's yeah. execution that really matters. Absolutely, Nico. You hit the nail on the head. It yeah. is all about the execution. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, we're, we're connected with a lot of major universities, man. It's, I talk to people who are smarter than me every day of the week. Um, 
But you know, nine out of 10 technologies, maybe 99 out of 100 technologies are never going to see the light of day, right? And we're talking about world-beating technologies. And that's all because they're not structuring themselves with the right counsel and they're not putting themselves out there and leveraging their network. So, One of the things that I like to say is, hey, fly your flag every day. Mm-hmm. And, and yep. whenever, Be out there. you know, kind of getting back to your point here of what I'm looking for, I'm looking for, you know, not how many names you can drop or how many phone numbers you can show me on your phone. I'm looking for people to say, hey, three days a week. I recommend every entrepreneur gets out there three days a week, finds a big networking event, finds somewhere where they can get out there and, and establish themselves. You, ex- you always be focused on expanding, solidifying and leveraging your network. Now, I feel pretty confident to say that if you're listening to Suncast, you are an infinite learner, always looking for a new approach. And that's precisely why CPS America has agreed to help make this fresh content possible for you each and every week. CPS is the USA market share leader of three-phase string inverters, pioneering that approach since before it was cool. With more than two gigawatts shipped in America, their feature-rich, high-performance inverters and nimble service team stand out in a sea of sameness, just like you do. If you'd like to find out what CPS can do for your C&I or utility-scale business, you can click their logo at mysuncast.com or shoot me an email for an intro and let them know that you heard it here on Suncast. Hey, Warrior, question for you. Are you losing commercial solar sales because of high demand charges that minimize return on investment? Extensible Energy's DemandX software is an affordable new solution for reducing peak demand charges by 30%. No batteries required. Extensible's intelligence software analyzes solar production, utility rates, weather data, and more. Then it crunches the data, monitors solar and flexible loads, and automatically reduces peak demand spikes, increasing your customer's ROI and decreasing payback time. Contact Extensible Energy at extensibleenergy.com for a free demand charge analysis for your project. Learn how Extensible's partner program for commercial solar installers can put more opportunities and money back in your balance sheet. One of the things that I find is um, is really interesting, the growth of a company this and even success, right? Like you look at Dan Sugar's success with Next yeah. Tracker, like who Dan Sugar is today is who he was 20 years ago. He hasn't changed very much, right? So That's the right. success and the wealth is you're still going to be the same. If you're, if you're one type of person, you're going to be that person with a lot more problems, a lot more money um, yeah. or failures. It's going to just magnify it, right? Success magnifies your character traits. So yeah, what character right. traits do you look for in leadership teams? Mm, man, that's a great question, Nico. And, and, you know, sidebar on that one, you know, I've, I've, I often tell the general partners of our fund, you know, they're like, well, what, what CEO are you looking for for our, our companies? And I say, well, I'm looking for, I'm looking for Dan Sugars. Yeah. And they say, well, there's a problem with that because there's only one Dan Sugar in the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I'm, uh, in, I'm looking for leadership traits. You know, I'm looking for people who aren't afraid to make decisions, mm-hmm. right? You know, one thing that I see, and we'll kind of get to the, to back to this on the tactical checklist, but you know, it's really easy. You're juggling a lot of balls. It's really easy to fall into a, a paralysis by analysis trap, mm-hmm. right? I'm looking for entrepreneurs who are confident in their de- decision-making, who take no prisoners, right? Guys who, whenever I ask them, well, what's your plan B if this doesn't work? They say, what are you talking yeah, about? There, the there is no plan B, mm-hmm. you know? We're going to get out there. We're going to strategically make decisions. Yeah. We're going to float it past our advisors. We're going to come to consensus and we're going to run with it. And hey, if we make the wrong decision, if we're a month or two down the road and we're like, yikes, that was bad, mm-hmm. then you master the pivot. Yeah. 
And then character flaws? Is there character some fatal flaws that you see? Yeah, character flaws. I think the biggest one is is uh, guys who get so entwined in, in thinking that they're right. Or that, gals. Yeah, guys are guys. Oh, thank you. Thank you there. Um, you know, I think it's it's people who get so entrenched in their position. Uh-huh. That that they're just they stop listening to their strategic advisors and the people around them. And and keep in mind, strategic advisors are your spouses. They're your friends. Yeah. They're not just people on the business side of your operations. So uh, so you got to stay you got to stay uh, solvent in the way that the way that you're thinking. Right. Once you become embedded in a certain way of thinking about things, then all is lost. You got it. Yeah. You got to stay open and coachable. Yeah. Stay open and coachable, and go hard or go home. That's right. right? That's right. Chips well, to the center of the table every time. There you go. We're going to take a quick second to thank our sponsors here at the Podcast Lounge. Uh, one of the sponsors that we're really grateful for is EDF Renewables. Haven't had a chance to mention them yet. We're going to plug EDF and thank them once again for helping us bring thought leadership to the masses here at Solar Power International 2019. Well, Josh, one of the things that uh, I have just been enthralled by with the way that you guys manage your investment process is a real fidelity to checklists. Yes. And, uh, you, you know, you mentioned earlier your 175-point checklist. Uh, it would be really, by the way, it would be really interesting if we could share a lot of the data that we're talking about here and these, this 10-point checklist or 175 points or whatever you can. Yeah, uh, sure. We'll, we can push that out. Is that okay? Oh, I'd be happy to. Yeah, happy to. Yeah, fantastic. You know, I, the way that I really look at this, Nico, is that this is an ecosystem, right? And and the companies that I invest in, it's it's not about me. This isn't a one one yeah. horse one horse show, right? We're all we're all stronger as a collective. We're all here in, in in renewable energy, pushing out new technologies, and one technology is going to solidify the next. We can't be afraid of competition. That's a good thing for all of us. Yeah, and it shows that you do uh, you do what you preach, which is Absolutely. sharing the information. Right? Sure. So here we go with the. Uh, tactical top 10 checklist that every startup team needs yes. when they're going out for, for funding. And I should mention that you guys are focused pre- predominantly on A round capital, right? A and B round capital, B round right? Capital. So we're not so. afraid of uh, pre-revenue investments, but we're really looking for people who, when we take a hard look at the, at the hardware software that they're developing, mm-hmm. we really look at it and see, uh, yeah, these guys really understand their market and we can push this as a minimally viable product out to the market within a six to 18 month period. Okay. You want to do this as a 10 down to one or... How you going uh, let's do this as a one down to 10. All right. All right. Number All right. one. Number one. So exhaust all non-dilutive options, friends and family, angel capital options uh, before you kind of launch a formal funding round. The reason that this is important, uh, listeners, is because serious investors will ask you, if you personally and those closest to you have skin in the game, right? Uh, one thing that I found again and again is, man, if you're taking money from, uh, from Uncle Joe and, and your friends, right? You're far more or less likely to abandon ship halfway into an idea, right? Yeah. You're committed to those people around you, right? You've yeah, when got you got Thelma's her uh, retirement fund. Yes. Partially, partially invest in your company. That's right. That's right. So I love to, I love entrepreneurs who have skin in the game, right? And uh, like for example, I, I recently listened to an entrepreneur who's who's looking really good in terms of investing. He said, "Hey man, I'm I remortgaged my house for this." Hmm. I was like, "I'm all in. I'm yeah. all in." Burn the and, we, and we look at this, right? Yeah. yeah. Number two. Number two, register as a C-Corp. Why right? a C-Corp? Uh, Everybody's C-Corp. an LLC. It's, That's it's true. way cheaper. That's true. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a little counterintuitive from a tax perspective, though. If you're looking for, it's in, and listen, an LLC, there's nothing wrong with doing it that way. And, and 
and there's no right or wrong answer per se. Mm-hmm. But if you are launching a formal investment round where you're trying to raise multi-million dollars, sophisticated investors are going to be looking, they've got their own tax planning, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of high net worth individuals or a lot of corporate uh, corporate entities that invest in, in earlier stage technologies. Uh, being a Delaware C, uh, C-Corp or just a C-Corp in general, it has uh, the, struc- uh, the tax structure. It's, it's mainly a tax structure yeah. issue, but it's just much more easy to understand whenever you're talking to a guy like me, a chief investment officer, and you say, uh, uh, I'm a C-Corp, I know exactly what that means. All right, number three. Uh, number three, uh, identify smart money investors. So we, we all make this mistake. Smart money. smart money investors, man. Whenever you are, whenever you're in the trenches and you've got this idea and you're trying to develop your technology at the same time that you're, that you're raising capital, it's really easy to say, Hey, anyone, anyone who I can write, get a check from, mm. that's who I'm running with. Right. Yeah. In the long term, that's going to cost you more time and time is money in the yeah. long run for a CEO. If you have to spend a day educating them on why you're doing a certain decision. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's right. That's so right. You're, so this is focused really on strategics, right? Folks that have a, an alignment in your industry. Uh, yeah, that's right. Um, uh, alignment in the industry or people who are who, who can help you, mm. can help you with in-kind services, people who can help you with uh, with strategically connecting you to other individuals. Those are the individuals where it's it, once again, getting back to leveraging your network. Yeah. Right? A strategic investor is not someone who writes a check and you never hear from them mm-hmm. again until it's a month later and they say, how are we doing? Are you ready to give me my money back? Yeah. Right? Uh, it's someone who's saying, hey, how are you doing? Can I connect you to anyone else? Yeah. That's who you're looking for. Yeah, I love that. We had... The conversation I had with Jenya about how they originally launched Pvel, right? He he's talked about hundreds, hundreds of thousands of dollars in design services. Yes, just iterating on his PowerPoint deck alone, he was like, "That was two hundred thousand dollars <laughs> worth of in-kind services from a board member that was also an investor." Yeah, right. Talk about good strategic alignment. That's right. Absolutely. All right, number we're on number, number four. Number four. That's right. This goes back to the Stephen Covey. Mm. Begin with the end in mind. So research and practice articulating your exit strategy. Exit is everything. So to whom, when, at what price am I going to exit and build your business plan around it. So this is really essential. So whenever you're looking for a strategic investor, someone to put real money, big money, multi-million dollars into your company, they're going to ask, what's the exit strategy? And you need to mm. be really really clear in your mind's eye. Hey, I'm selling this to Siemens five years. This is my price. Mm. And everything that I've developed, built my business plan around is, is in, in regards to that end goal. So what if you want to build a legacy company? What if you don't want to sell? What if you want to build a company that's going to be a billion or $5 billion? Yeah, I think it's a different Dropbox. The next I think it's a different strategic investor. Okay. You know, you're talking more of kind of an IPO plan, okay. right? Yeah. You know, that's that's a little bit outside of my wheelhouse because that's not what I look at, right? Gotcha. I'm looking for companies that we can that we can really drive the market. Right. Nothing wrong with going IPO. Yeah, you know, which, and, which again goes back to know what you're trying to accomplish. That's and, right. And know what kind of fund you want to approach. Right. Well, and it's one of those core questions you should ask your whenever you're talking to investors. Don't be afraid to ask them questions. Mm. Hey, you know, I love entrepreneurs that come to me and say. You know, what's the plan? What type of entrepreneur are you looking for? What type right. of exit are you looking for? Because if someone comes to you and says, yeah, I'll give you $10 million, but you know, I want $20 million back in three years, you're going to say, well, sorry, that's not part of my strategic strategy. I'm going to move on to the next person. There you go. Don't get bogged down in trying to chase money that you have no chance in actually getting. And if you could do that over the phone or email, much better than having to sit in their office and have that conversation. <laughs> you just drove three hours out. That's out right. To. All right. So that's right. we're on number six. No, we're on number five. Number five, uh, establish daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly goals. So build deliverable schedules 
and plans. I'm big on the project management side. So you got to build strategic uh, schedules and project plans around what you're trying to do because it's easy to get lost, right? You're pulled in a thousand different directions. It's a natural course and a natural part of the trajectory of a startup organization, right? So having your own deliverable schedule that you're overlaying on yourself, it keeps you personally accountable and it keeps those around you. It, it helps them keep you accountable saying like, hey, you know, why, why are you doing that over there? It says on your plan, you should be yeah. doing this by the end of the week. And oh, man, you're right. I got to get back on it and focus. Yeah. So I hear from that is the ability at the executive level to articulate why each piece of the of the machine, as it were, yeah. is rowing right in, in a specific right. direction and that everyone knows which direction the vehicle is ultimately headed. Absolutely. That's that North Star you yeah. alluded to in the very beginning. Well, and you're going to attract better people that way. Everyone wants a chief. Everyone wants to know where we're going and what we're doing. Right. I think that mm. that's a natural thing. That's a that's just straight up human nature. Yeah. All right, number six. Yes, build a strategic board of advisors. This kind of all gets back to leveraging networks. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I always look for, you know, I'm often told by people like, well, you don't want that person of advisors. They're just always going to be arguing with you. Hey, yes, men and women not allowed, mm-hmm. right, in my world. I'm looking for people. I always surround myself with people who beat me up, mm-hmm. right? And, and people often say like, man, that, that was brutal, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and no, I'm, I'm looking at that. That makes me a better, uh, a better person. It makes me take a more critical eye at things. And it makes me refine and always tighten the screws on myself. And, and I think it's just mm-hmm. one of those type of personal characteristics we all need to kind of focus on. Yeah, no, yeah. It's, so, it's so true. And if you don't have that mentor or that advisor yes. in your business, that when you share the idea that 14 people have told you that's a great idea and then they, they <laughs> knock it out of the sky and they, yeah. they pull a piece off of it and they ex- examine it very deeply yes. and make you feel uh, somewhat terrible about whether or not you've evaluated it yourself. That's, that's when you know that you've got someone who really Absolutely. cares about your success, not necessarily. They want to make sure that you succeed. That's right. That's yeah. your best friend. Yeah. You, need, you need to find people right. like that. I encourage everyone yep. to find people who are going to be hard on them. Yeah, yeah. I like to, I like to think of it. It's, it's someone who's pointing. They're pointing at potential uh, flaws in the business plan that are going to impact and hurt someone they, they want to care about long term. Right? Exactly. They don't want to see you go through pain. And they're yeah. going to point out the things that perhaps you haven't thought critically about. Number seven. Number seven, avoid paralysis by analysis at all costs. We talked about this a little bit earlier, but, you know, I think that what is that, that saying? Time kills all deals. Well, oh, yeah. time also kills all startups. Mm. Um, you know, you got to leverage, you got to leverage your boards of advisors uh, to, to really force decision making, right? So then like get in, I, I love to schedule weekly or biweekly meetings uh, where I say, listen, these are the core decisions that I need to go. And if uh, in a week over week, if someone says, hey, you haven't decided on this yet, I'm like, you know, you're right. We got to decide right now. Let's mm-hmm. do it. Number eight. Number eight, focus on organizational speed and efficiency. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what it's all about, right? We, we live in a uh, renewable energy industry where it's all about install, co- install costs and mm-hmm. time reduction and efficiency. It's just the world we live in. And that's going to make, as an organization, you got to get to that minimally viable product. You got to get it out to the market. Don't worry about it being perfect. If it's 75% there, uh, get the sales under the, uh, in the books, continue to iterate and, and drive to market. How do you test for velocity in a startup? Oh, man, that's a great question. There's no one answer to that one, Nico. That's a, that's a great one. That's an existential yeah, one we're, we're going to have to come back to. Yeah, I think we are because that's, I mean, <laughs> at, the, at the end of the day, when you are looking at a company that has the wherewithal and the ability from a technology perspective and they've yeah. got their act together, yeah. velocity is what they need. That's right. And that capital is going to give them velocity. And what you're really, like, what you're judging is, like, if I pour gasoline in this vehicle or if I, if we'll, we'll use a renewable energy, if I charge these batteries 
do we have the right motor in yeah. place to actually accelerate as fast as we want? Yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, we're part of a larger group of strategic investors mm-hmm. who, who do a lot of uh, clean tech and other type of investing. And, and I often hear them comment and say, well, you know, this, this looks really good. These guys have a lot going on. And they say, yeah, but I've been hearing today the same thing that I heard three years ago mm-hmm. about them, right? Yeah. So then you've got to keep driving forward. It's so, so critical to make that decision because if people start talking about that, you're going to see, you're going to find yourself at the, you know, at the edge of a cliff. Okay, we're down to the last two. Number yes. nine. Number nine, balance your team. So this goes back to the know thyself. So build a team that, you can, uh, that can watch your back and fill your blind spots. So uh, the secret to success is uh, to your personal success is the company's success. Mm. So then you really, really got to, you got to, you, you got to be holistic in the same way that you're looking at your product. Don't worry so much about your product being perfect. Worry about your team being, uh, being uh, well-rounded. Yeah. All right. As we round out our top 10 checklist for every startup team, we're on. Number 10, Josh yes. Beck, what is the number secret, 10? The secret to our success. So then it is the uh, top six things that we look for in order of importance. So whenever we run through due diligence process, you know, we use a weighted importance uh, factor scale, right? Um, number one is team, followed closely behind by technology, but nowhere near as important as the team itself. Number three is the market viability. Four is financial viability. Five is operational execution plan. And number six is the exit potential. So that's exactly how we walk through every decision-making matrix. Mm-hmm. You don't get to one step, the next step, until you've finished the one previously. Well, it's a, it is a wild and crazy world out there. There <laughs> are a lot of options as a startup uh, founder or executive when you're out raising capital. Uh, any parting thoughts that you might impart on, uh, on a, a, a CEO uh, of a startup here, an entrepreneur that's trying to take their company to the next level? Yeah. Fly your flag. Fly your flag everywhere you go. Live and breathe it. You know, if you personally are not passionate about what you're talking about, then you can't expect the people around you to be passionate. So that's my number one thing. You got to live and breathe this. Uh, You know, you also got to think about your own personal kind of mental sanity. That's why it's important to surround yourself with people who are going to be supportive and balance your team. You know, if you burn out as an individual, that's your fault and your fault alone, right? So find ways to recharge your batteries and then always be passionate about what you're doing. Yeah, it's personal responsibility. That's right. Josh Beck is the Managing Director and Chief Investment Officer of BCI Technology Investments. Thank you for joining us here at the Podcast hey. Lounge. Thank you, Nico. Yeah, this has been fun. We'll have to have you back on a webinar or <laughs> I'd something love to. Go through this a little more in detail. <laughs> Very good. Well, and for all those listeners out there, I got to say, you know, my checklist of things to listen to. That's, uh, that's Marketplace with Kai Rizdal. I read the Washington Post. I read the Wall Street Journal, and I listen to Suncast. That's it. Yeah. Well, we're, we're honored that, uh, that Suncast can make that very, uh, very laudable list. Thank you very much. You got it, man. All right. That's a wrap on today's conversation, Solar Warriors. But I do hope that you'll check out the other Two for Tuesday episodes and let me know what you think of these shorter format discussions. You want more like this? You can find more than 200 episodes, resources, highlights from the discussions, along with social media links to each guest episode, book recommendations, and so much more over on the blog at mysuncast.com. And that's also where you'll find other ways to engage with the Suncast tribe, like subscribing to our weekly emails or even joining the exclusive inner circle we affectionately refer to as the Guild. If you're on Spotify or iTunes, I so appreciate your rating and review so that others can also find Suncast more easily. 
A special thank you to our sponsors who help make this podcast possible. You can learn more about them at mysuncast.com forward slash sponsor. Follow the links there for any offers we've discussed here today. Remember, you are what you listen to. Thanks again for showing up, Solar Warrior. It's half the battle.